Hello, and thanks for joining me for episode five of The Read Plate. Joe Felisco and I have reached the fifth and last fundamental on his list of harmonica playing fundamentals that we've been exploring over the last four episodes. However, in the next episode, Joe and I will conclude the series by discussing my additions to his fundamentals. Now, before getting into this episode, I'd like to tell you more about a special live online event about this series of podcasts, which I mentioned last time. On September 26th, 2020, Joe and I will be hosting a live session of The Replay where you can ask us questions about the fundamentals of playing the harmonica in this series. Has this series offered you new perspectives, for example? Has it inspired you to try something different? Do you have a question or questions about something that we've been talking about, a technique or something that we've um, mentioned in the series? Has it altered your view on tongue blocking, for example? This is going to be a ticketed event, so look out for announcements on my Facebook page, on Twitter, or you can sign up to my email list by visiting my website at leesankey.com. Joe and I hope you can join us for this event. It should be a lot of fun. So on to this episode. Joe runs through his last fundamental, which is riffs, hooks, licks and songs, which, as you'll hear, provides a mechanism for bringing together the other fundamentals. Throughout this series, I've included parts of our conversation which fell outside the episode recording itself. These, in quotes, studio and pre- and post-roll chats include some nice exchanges and nuggets of information which I wanted to include. For example, Joe talking about why he's included something. So we join the conversation as Joe and I are discussing the approach to this recording session. Uh, Only thing that really matters is the music. Is the music good? And I, I know plenty of basically Pucker style players that move me deeply musically. Yeah. Uh, they just they just have something uh, about them that is 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 heavy. But it goes back to this idea that, you know, if you're going to play the piano, everybody who if they know going into it that five fingers is better than one, they you know, they opt to go for the five fingers because that lends itself to a better sound. So my my thing it has always been, I feel like somebody needs to be really clear that as a player, if you hope to sound like Little Walter or Big Walter or, or one of the Sonnies one day, you can't get it by making puckering your home base. Yeah. And, and I... I I've been really slow to being outspoken about it, but I feel like somebody needs to really step up and say, no, no, it's not. Those guys were not pucker style players. And if you pursue it that way, you're not going to get there, which is not a bad thing. If, if you're making good music and you're having fun, who cares? But yeah, uh, if you can really see the big picture, that to me is what it is. Yeah. Let's get into the, 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 the last fundamentals. Yeah, which is, yeah, yeah. You've got um, eight that, down here. And I'm just outlining before we get into the recording. So the kinds of things I'm going to ask, ask you are kind of why these, right? You, you've got eight different riffs. What, what are the particular things that you're, you're, you're calling out here? And I'm, I'm very much looking to have a discussion with you about those because by no means was I thinking that was definitive. I I was really actually trying to create a starting point of, okay, you call yourself a blues harmonica player. 
um, you know, these are like some basic things that you should at least be familiar with. Yeah. And I also think it'd be interesting, are there any of these particular riffs, um, hooks or songs that you feel really exemplify what tongue blocking is about? Is it, is it, it maybe there's one or two that really bring it to life? You know, for me, it's that thing of go, going from, you know, lip purse to that kind of, th those kind of things. Is there something about tongue blocking the cha-cha-cha that takes it to another level or something? So and, and, and anything where you says, uh, or, or, or the mannish boy thing, if you, if you lip purse that, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> um, so I might ask you something about that. Is there, are there particular ones that really sort of jump out and exemplify what tongue blocking is, is all about? Okay, everyone. Uh, welcome back. So we've been working our way through Joe Felisco's list of fundamentals of playing the harmonica. And we now find ourselves at the last fundamental, which Joe has down as riffs, licks, hooks, and songs. So this is the fifth one. So what's the, the thinking behind including this kind of uh, content, Joe, in the, the list of fundamentals? I think that most people that are familiar with the role of the harmonica in blues uh, can say with a fair degree of confidence that there are certain signature licks, riffs, um, hooks that are kind of inseparable with how the instrument comes across in that genre. There's just there's certain things that I feel like that everybody who plays blues harmonica should at least become very familiar with. And another extreme way of looking at it is if someone uh, has a high degree of confidence that they play the harmonica, they play blues on it, if they don't know how to play any of these signature classic riffs and hooks uh that to me is kind of a red flag i i, I think there's certain things that uh, people should have on their uh you know in their line of sight that they are working towards you know it would be similar to someone who went to cooking school there's just certain things that they would certainly become familiar with how to cook and serve up and i think there's some parallels there to playing the harmonica so you're saying that these not being able to do these riffs and this kind of reg flag you know in a way to be able to kind of evoke certain things you'd expect within the blues i think also would it be true to say if you're learning these things it's also going to equip you if you turn up at a jam session or are playing with other musicians where these kind of things are going to come up routinely right i think so most certainly and and that ultimately is why i have the strong feeling about it that i'm i'm just disappointed when a harmonica player appears at a jam session and has no plan they just want to jam along with tell me the key and i'll play something that fits in i, I feel like that's a that's the lowest point that there could be in the musical world of n not having a plan, not having uh, any, anything, any licks, uh, any, any riffs that are identifiable. 
Um, but this is one of these things that I'm, I'd love to sit in a room of uh, 10 accomplished players and really get their opinion on this too. I'm, I'm forming the idea uh, continuously in my head, uh, you know, pertaining to the, the, the subject of riffs, licks, hooks, songs. Yeah, they're like, they're like jazz standards in a way. What are the blues equivalent of those kind of jazz standards for harmonica players? So you, you've got eight down here, which yep. I'll run through quickly. Boogie Plus, Rumba, Box, Tramp, Hoochie Coochie Man, I, I believe that would be. I'm a Man, Manish Boy, and Cha Cha Cha. So what, what's the, the, the rationale behind these particular eight? And I, I know that you're not saying this is a definitive list, but the, these, these are some that you've, you've, put, it, you've put out there. They're, they're all quite different. So it was, that, was that what was informing your, your choice of these, these particular eight riffs? Yeah, this was my starting point for just asking, you know, if, if, there, if we were going to settle on a list of just eight, what eight musical things or, or you know, really their, their bass lines is what they are. But if you go to a jam and you, you start off a song... Um, so everybody who knows blues knows what to do with that sort of thing. You, you immediately put yourself in a position of having power. Uh, if you start off a song by going... then same thing, you know, a band knows instantly what to do with that as long as they can find the key, uh, as long as you make the key clear. Um, so really, that, that is the, the starting point of trying to compile a list of things that anybody that plays, everybody that claims to play blues on the harmonica should aspire to and the stuff that i was doing playing just there the irony is that there's no note bending in it uh right. it's stuff that really is natural natural sequencing stuff that falls uh, on the harmonica yeah and i think the other thing which it lets lets you do just coming back to in quote quotes real world making music with other people is it takes the harmonica out of this thing of being seen as something which just does fills and licks so you're you know you're 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 playing a groove you're setting the the the, the feel and uh, and the tone of a tune if you're doing it as you were saying as a, as a kind of intro to something that you're going to sing or to bring in a band it just makes you more part of the of the ensemble if you're able to play a particular groove in the background and you're not just doing head rolls and fills in between the vocals right it, it, it's moving the harmonica in a different different space absolutely you said the words part of the ensemble and i feel like that that is really really key because if you can't fit in with the ensemble, the rhythm section, then you're you're the least important person on that bandstand. And I I feel like 
that's a scary place to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you do, I, I guess you see it not that often, but occasionally you do see sort of guitar players at, at a jam, a jams, a blues jams, who you can see they don't really like playing rhythm guitar. Their contribution is licks and, and fills. But you see guitar players who are, really enjoy playing rhythm and, and love laying down those textures. They just fit into the band in a, in a completely different way. So I guess this is all part of that same sentiment. But I think one of the things, personally, I, I, just coming back to how you can use tongue blocking in this context is, for me, the harmonica, what I like, especially about those kind of West Coast styles, is where the harmonica is almost like a horn section. You know, if you're doing those splits and you're, you're, you're laying down those, you know, all those, the, those kind of split stuff over a, over a shuffle or whatever it is, you can take the harmonica into a, a different space and contribute to the music in a, in a, in a different way. And we're going slightly off on a tangent because that's not groove based. It's all part of this, this idea of not just doing vocal line and just doing stuff like that in between. It's sitting in the music in a different space. Yeah, going back to what you said, it's just, it's making, pointing you in the direction of trying to become part of the rhythm section, part of the band, you know, the hidden, the hidden layer, you know, thinking in terms of, of a pizza, you know, you don't want to just be the toppings all the time. You got, you should really find a way that you can fit in on other layers. And, you know, that really relates going back to the, the discussion that we had about the organ sustaining or the train whistle sustaining, you know, that's a com completely different way of becoming part of the rhythm section, part of the band and not just waiting to do fills. So I guess we're saying, don't just be the cheese. <laughs> well, it's the, it's the it's the toppings, really. I think more than anything, and it, yeah. it's the cheese is already uh, you know a higher, more visible layer of of the, the band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So what? Let's let's talk about some of these things that you you put down. So the the first one is the the boogie plus. So what what, mm -hmm. what do you? this uh what does it sound like um can you want to give us a, a quick demonstration and you bet you bet it i i don't know if this would is an official term it, it just so happens it's what i end up calling it but it's it's in its simplest form it's one three five six which is So that's like the, the simplest way of breaking it down. If I was going to actually play that on the harmonica, I would add in uh, tug blocking stuff that would make it a lot more interesting and a lot more, uh, you know, quite flavorful. But that same basic one, three, five, six can be sequenced over the four chord. So you're already right there with the one chord in the four chord you already have 11 twelfths of a 12 bar blues that you can play um and th that's powerful um that's a very very powerful thing there are many little variations uh, i all 
possibly infinite variations of this because you could play one, three, five, six, flat seven, two. Kind of makes it like a call and response variation of this boogie lick. It's much more difficult to sequence that over the four chord, but it still is a variation. This is a variation too. Same, same basic thing. So th those are variations on that, that uh, boogie style lick that basically outlines the triad, that the 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 chord notes that are are part of that harmony get outlined by playing that and uh, powerful. I think it's a powerful thing to be able to do and understand uh, as a harmonica player. So when so just to. For the listeners, just to clarify, when you're saying, uh, you know, one, three, five, six, uh, you, you mean the chord tones, not the whole numbers on, on the harmonica, right? That is absolutely correct. I'm, I'm kind of speaking in music theory terms. Those three notes, one, three, five, are the notes that comprise the E major chord. Uh, in blues, uh, the dominant chord is actually more common, seventh chords one three five flat seven and so either one of those chords i'm outlining when i play that uh, boogie style lick riff and so the the next one on here we've got the the, the rumba so what what's the the thinking there with uh it, it's a different type of groove uh it's uh obviously got latin in it but you do hear it in 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 blues right Yes, I think maybe, give or take, 10% of blues is uh, of a groove that most people, at least in my area, come to think of as a blues rumba. And it's a straight eighth groove. It's not a swing shuffle style groove, straight eighth groove. And it uh, basically has this kind of thing. I'm going to outline the chord also when I play it, you know, one, three, five, which on your, the harmonica on the A harp that I'm playing is holds two inhale, three inhale, and four inhale whole numbers. So that's the rumba is and so on and so on. So it's a different, different style groove. Um, same thing. You can go and up to a bandstand and if the band knows the key you're playing and you start a song off by playing that way the band is going to know what to do they it everybody knows that they they recognize that so it's really the power of being empowered to start off a song and be in control of a song and only telling the band what the key is that's a blues rumba there's variations of that too because you can add the six in this sort of that sort of sound uh same rumba sound great yes next we've got the box so is this like a box box shuffle kind of a normally you've got a bit bit more of a 
a driving or hard, harder sound? Yeah, the box shuffle, uh, it's the same identical groove, um, I think, as like the boogie style. It's a swing shuffle sort of groove. But tonally, uh, in terms of its uh, tonality, it lends itself much more to playing the blues scale over because it's lacking or it really hints at the the major third scale degree in there it's much more of a, of a minor pentatonic sound so the the riff itself is one uh one five flat seven one this that sort of sound uh the flat seven in there which is a strong blues scale note uh has a way of uh changing the whole flavor of that like i said it's if you were going to improvise and, and play over that you'd be uh using a minimum amount of major third scale degrees or major sixth scale degrees you'd, you'd be much more leaning towards blues scale tones the flat three the flat five and the flat seven scale degree uh you can also do this box uh shuffle uh in the, i think they come up with that term because guitar players can really easily play this with a minimum movement of their fingers and they and it ends up being in this tight box shape on the guitar neck yeah. Uh, but you can do this descending, much harder to play on the harmonica. A little tongue, descending, tongue switch but... in there at the end. <laughs> sure. So I think that, 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 that sort of also brings up the point here from kind of l learning and thinking about these fundamentals when we're looking at these, these different grooves, right? And we've just talked about the boogie, rumba and box so far. You could play these using that combination of single notes, tongue blocked, but then you can, you can mix it up, right? based on all the things that we've talked about. So if, you, if you're landing on, on the one, on, on the draw two, maybe you hit that as a single note, maybe you hit it more, more as of, of, of a chord. Instead of hitting the draw five, you do a draw, a draw five two split. Um, as you go up, you can start to mix, mix octaves and you'll find ways to utilize all the things that we've been talking about in terms of being able to add more richness and options to the core baseline. It, it, that's that's the idea here right these are great ways of practicing all the techniques we've been talking about definitely that that is the reason why uh using your tongue blocking as your default embouchure is uh so tasty it's it's because all these other sounds are really readily available to you readily available definitely yeah and it gives you more options so the the next one the tramp so i'm I, again i'm not familiar with this term what, what what can you explain what the tramp tramp groove is yeah back in the 60s there was a song that came out uh, called tramp and 
a very high percentage of blues musicians that I know just refer to the groove as a tramp groove. It's also a straight eighth groove, and uh, it, in its clean single note form, it goes... That sort of sound. Same thing. You play that at a blues jam, people immediately know what to do, how to fit in with that. Yeah. And likewise, you'll join in with things which people start where that feel will also fit. Exactly. Exactly. So then we've got Hoochie Coochie Man as another another one. So is this, again, the I guess in a way, the, the next three in a way that we're going to talk about these are, are kind of iconic songs in a way, as opposed to ju- just a riff. I mean, they're they're very well known songs. So, are they are they here because of the riff, or because of of the song, or a bit of both of these things? You're saying, well, you should go and definitely listen to these to these records and get these riffs. I'm thinking both. Uh, yes, they are iconic songs, but it, I think it could be argued that. Part of the reason they are that way is because the harmonica riff is so unforgettable. Um, and so thus, if you have an opportunity to play harmonica in Hoochie Coochie Man, and you don't know how to play the main riff in the song, that, that to me is a, is a red flag as a harmonica player. You should have to stand in the corner be a mark of shame to you if you if you're not familiar with yeah if you if you happen to not have an a harp that day or the singer of the band wants to do it in a different key and you have to play it in a different harp position you know if you have to do it in the key of e uh, I think you should know that you can do it or should yeah just i think i'm imagining everybody would be giving me a big amen for that sort of thing I, i i would marvel at someone that would disagree with that it's just an iconic song featuring the harmonica you got to know the harmonica riff or hook in the song i think in in a song like hoochie coochie man you could refer to the harp part as a riff a lick or a hook yeah yeah so it's it's the thing which really signifies the tune isn't it right 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 from the beginning right um and then we've got um i'm a man yep uh, referring back to the harmonica playing in that Bo Diddley song, I'm a Man, which is just basically going root, uh, fourth degree of the scale, kind of a flat third degree of the scale, and back to root. Uh, I like to decorate that and fill that up and fatten that riff up by going... Matter of fact, you can even play it. 
you can play it as a complete and total chord lick and it really does the job it serves the purpose just playing straight ahead inhaling and exhaling chords so just another iconic harmonica lick that if you play blues um, i'm thinking you should really know and i think a riff like that also if if you if you sing you can do something literally on your own, right? You can, you can lay down that as a groove and then you can sing the line yourself and then do the, and do, and do the feel. And if you're tapping your foot in a strong way and clicking your fingers, you know, you're developing a whole self-contained sound that works on its own. Right. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, if it, as a matter of fact, it's, uh, it almost aches for that, uh, I did the little video uh, series of the various playing styles of the song When the Saints Go Marching In, and I basically changed the melody of the song and accompanied myself uh, playing the... and then sang a, a part of the melody in there in the Chicago, slow Chicago blues one chord style. So, yeah, you can definitely definitely do it yeah good way to to learn to fold in your singing then we got uh number number seven manish boy so this yes. this is the riff that got me playing the harmonica or, or or it's or it's the riff that i first got me into blues in a way when i when i first heard that combined with muddy's voice i was like whoa what is that it's such a powerful phrase along the lines of Uchikuchi Man as well, right? Yeah, it's uh, almost identical to the I'm a man riff, uh, I, but it's just got one note, one extra note in there, and you could uh, say it's the same riff or a different riff, but it, it going back to the song, as a harmonica player, you, you really, you gotta know it. just man yeah again just to come back to the application of these fundamentals that riff doesn't really work for me anyway when it's played lip pursing and and and, it, and going for this sound so it, it and and also even even if you play it tongue blocked cleanly it doesn't really work that well it's this idea of being able to feather in some of that you know, those dirty notes that you were talking about, which is so important. So you can get away with some of it lip purse, but if you, if you literally play the notes as they're written down in tab, you're not really going to get it. You've got to go deeper than that and really feel about how the notes are fired and the sentiment behind them and the, the other bits of seasoning you can put in there, which transforms it from a set of notes into, into certainly in this case, a kind of attitude if you think about what the tune is actually about and the and the kind of energy and confidence that this riff is trying to get the swagger it's trying to get across it's very hard to do that lip pursing or without any extra fuzz in 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 the notes if you know to my ears anyway amen i, I would be uh, so bold to say that I think you can 
measure the intensity of blues, and you can think of it in terms of horsepower, you know, having a, a powerful engine versus an engine that's not powerful, or you can measure it in terms of uh, blue color, you know, dark blue meaning more deeper ornery blues and light blue meaning uh, just uh, weaker, not as potent, not as powerful, not as ornery blues. And I would say that if you play that note play that riff or either one of those riffs with clean single notes only, then you're playing it with the least amount of horsepower. You're playing it the lightest blue that it can possibly be. And so the argument for using the tongue blocking and understanding how important it is to play dirty is it makes it the darkest blue and it gives it the highest amount of blues horsepower possible. And, I mean, that, that's why when I listen to blues players that are not using a lot of tongue blocking, why I'm, I can be underwhelmed is just that I'm hearing it as lighter blue. I'm hearing it as not having the horsepower that it could have if they were taking advantage of tongue blocking and all the sounds that the harmonica has to offer. We were talking about it earlier, but it's this this idea that you probably begin playing the harmonica lip purse and, and then that's fine. And you can play these notes and you can do these riffs All everything we've talked about in terms of single note playing, you, you obviously can do lip purse. But when, when you suddenly think, Oh, I want to get closer to James Cotton, uh, little Walter, Sonny Terry, whoever it is, then you'll you'll hit this this wall where you won't be able to get across the other side. You won't be able to get into the same space unless you're using those te- this, this these techniques. And I, I guess that's why it comes back to this fundamentals of the harmonica. If you want to play these kind of styles, and if you want to get uh, these kind of sounds, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. So the last one on the suggested list is is cha cha cha. I was happy and and uh, surprised to see this in a way because again it's and this isn't a list of fundamentals of blues harmonica. That's not how you you position because we've talked about Cajun styles and you know country country harmonica and other other types of styles, but. Um, this one again is is coming more out of the Latin kind of feel, right? Yes, um, I think sometimes I hear people bellyache about blues being slow and all you know, the too many shuffles, too many medium tempo shuffles, and so I'm always like looking for ways that, uh, as a harmonica player, you can express yourself differently. So. Um, in, in this context, uh, a lot of it really comes from like the recordings of Muddy Waters and how they start off and end the song walking through the park. They start off with this cha-cha-cha groove and then they, yes. they do change cool. the groove, but it's this... Ta-ta. 
that sort of thing. So you can play that um, up higher, of course. So you can kick off a song that way. Uh, that approach, playing it that way, is very, uh, it's a little more blues scale because of the flat seven uh, appearing. But there was, uh, I don't know, I think it was Slim Harpo had a tune that goes, same groove, identical groove. <laughs> That's that sort of thing. It's just a, right. it's a different riff, but same identical, same identical groove. So, uh, so, so yeah, when, it's nice. So when 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 were who were the players who started to use these kind of these kind of cha cha rhythms? When did that first start appearing? Is 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 that you know in the fifties with more amplified blues, or were people starting to do it a, a, a bit earlier? Do you, do you have a sense of when when people started to include or play those kind of things on a diatonic harmonica 1950s i believe um certainly by the early 60s i think the uh, people playing blues they were always listening to the jazzier music of the day the swing music of the day and if the trend happened to incorporate a different rhythm a different groove a latin feel thing then you know naturally they were going to try to incorporate that into the blues playing uh because it may very well have given them a better opportunity to sell records uh i, I think the idea of being an original and doing something unique it certainly has value but back at that time, it didn't have as much value as selling records and keeping your record company happy and having them say, yeah, we got to get you back in and do some more songs. You know, it was about selling records at that point in time. And uh, so there was that the Muddy song, Walking Through the Park, that incorporated that kind of uh, cha-cha-cha thing. Slim Harpo had a tune. I think the name is Buzzin', but I'm not positive. And then Junior Wells had that instrumental cha-cha-cha uh, in blues. Um, I don't recall if that was the very late 50s or the early 60s. A nice instrumental that's worth checking out. Uh, and those are all straight eighth grooves, the cha-cha. So, uh, you know, as a harmonica player, if you if you have to have a set of music, it's really nice to break up the swing shuffle stuff, which seems to be predominant, and break it up with some straight eighth grooves um, that can be very refreshing. Um, the it doesn't appear in this section of you know riffs and licks. It actually appears in the chord section, but the ham bone thing just uh, the. You could play that as a riff too, going. Same. Yeah. Same thing. A yeah, lot of so power that, in that. It's in the in the in the chords. Yeah. So I, I I was I was gonna suggest actually, yeah. Would you include in here some kind of 
uh, country type groove, but of course they're, they're, they're included right at the top in the chord section. So I guess it would then be once you've got that groove down and that sentiment down and that feel, feel down is then how you start to integrate some or some clean notes or weave them as part of the, the rhythmic groove that you're doing as you were just doing there by adding that, you know, the draw two, draw two bend. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, 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 you know, off the top of my head and actually thinking about this, 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 I can't really think of any um, ones that I wouldn't, you know, I, I agree with these. I think this is a good list because you've got different grooves in there and you can all uh, moderate one. I guess maybe some people might say you could put a funk in there um, in, but around some kind of bass line, maybe just taking the same notes from, you know, the box, the box type one, you can, you can play that in a kind of four, four funk. But what's cool here is I, I think is you've got that blend of here's some iconic songs. I mean, you, some, some other people may say Mojo working, for example, that, that kind of feel. But as, as you've sort of presented it to me anyway, it's, it's not necessarily a definitive list. Here's some good, good solid ones to, to have a look at. But then it's this idea of with these ones that we've gone through, you've got different types of grooves and you've got some iconic riffs and, and songs that people will recognize. And these act as ways that you can utilize all the other aspects that we've talked about with chords, active, uh, blues breathing, the tongue blocking with with chords and the notes and and tongue blocking and the splits and all of that. You can deploy it through through these things, right? Yes, yes. The only last minute thing that I was uh, I came up with was basically uh, a groove that uh, I think a lot of people know is a boogaloo, and it's basically like a slightly off kilter tramp groove. Um, there's a George Harmonica Smith song called Avalon Boogaloo, and you could play that riff on the harmonica. It would be like... So it's just very similar to a tramp, but the, the, the chord appears on the second beat. Right, different, a, different, a different emphasis. Yeah. So this, I think this is, this has been amazing to go through all these different uh, fundamentals. So we've got the chords, active blues breathing, chords and tongue blocking, notes and tongue blocking, and the section we're just talking about, the riffs, licks, hooks, and songs. So this, this list and the sort of notes that we've been going through, people will be able to uh, get it from your website if they wanted to get more information about this, or are you thinking about... Um, producing some other other content or material around this. You've obviously got your uh, YouTube lessons and you've got the Felisco store. If people wanted to find out more about what we've been talking about uh, and, and this teaching um, material and the lessons that you give, where, where can people go to find out more about it? It will be under the learning guides section of the FaliscoStore.com there's a bunch of stuff already up there right yeah just uh i i think of it as a, the the list of things that i wish i would have known when i started playing and it's not it's not to be read like a book it's just a mess of ideas 
my thoughts on uh, bending, my thoughts on tongue blocking, the pros and cons, uh, this whole idea of fundamentals. Um, so, yeah, it's, there's not a lot of detail about it. The detail is actually here in what we did and the the overview, the guide, the bullet points will appear at the Falisco store uh, under the learning guides. So there we have it, the last of Joe Falisco's fundamentals of playing the harmonica, riffs, hooks, licks, and songs. Over the last five episodes, Joe and I have covered in huge detail his list of five. We've talked about chords, active blues breathing, chords and tongue blocking, single notes and tongue blocking, and today, riffs, hooks, licks, and songs. It's been a huge pleasure to talk with Joe on this topic of fundamentals and to have the opportunity to go into such detail with someone so knowledgeable and passionate about the harmonica. Joe and I hope you've enjoyed these conversations as much as we did putting them together. In the next episode, Joe and I are going to end the series by discussing the fundamentals I would add to this list. Once again, if you're interested in taking part in the replay live on September the 26th, with Joe and myself, look out for announcements on my Facebook page or sign up to my email list at leesankey.com. Thanks to everyone who's been in touch. A quick shout out to Adam Lark, Silent Garage 7, Ron Sale, Kerry Crowell, Chris Humphreys, Henk Al, Ron, Thomas Carroll and Arnd Hoffman. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can help by writing a review and giving it a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. You can get in touch with your questions, comments and ideas by emailing info at leesankey.com. Once again, my thanks to my guest Joe Felisco and to you for listening. Until next time, keep well.